0: to new insane revenue levels doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about the right strategy, team, efficiencies, and confidence. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. With over 1 million downloads, it's the go-to business podcast dedicated to business owners who want to evolve out of operating in the day-to-day and make their dreams come true. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. As a former banker, I have now been an entrepreneur for over 15 years and have started, grown, acquired, and sold over 20 multimillion-dollar companies to date. Together, you and I will strengthen your existing business, build your dream team and process, grow your wealth and legacy, all while surrounding you with a community of rockstar entrepreneurs just like yourself. Are you ready to evolve? Let's get started. Hello, hello, Welcome to today's podcast. We are joined by Jerry Meek, founder and CEO of Desert Start Construction. I loved this conversation, and I learned so much. Jerry is so kind and generous, and he his business is incredible. You have to go look at his website and see these amazing homes and just this, they're like works of art, they're beautiful. So, I know you're going to love hearing about his company and then where it has taken him and his family as this luxury custom home builder in Phoenix and what he has done with that. And most recently, um, not only some of his uh, Phoenix Dream Center foundation work but also turning his business into a subscription base and i know that i've been talking to a lot of you in our coaching sessions about that and it's really important so listen for that specifically Um, we would love to hear from you it would be awesome if you left us a five-star review your feedback means the world to us and we will be sure to send you a thank you for your kind words hit subscribe And share this interview if it rings true with someone. If you're interested in learning more about what I do here with iEvolve, or coaching you personally, or coaching your leadership team, there's a link below. Um, Carve out some time, book your free session with me, and keep evolving, entrepreneur. I am so, so proud of you. Enjoy today's interview
1: with Jerry. He's fantastic.
0: Well, hello there, Jerry. How are you today?
1: Doing well. How are you, Annette?
0: I am great. We are joined today by Jerry Meek. He is the founder and CEO of Desert Star Construction and also the founder of Glorious Reflections and the managing partner of Desert Star Concierge. And we can't wait to hear more about you and your story. Welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: So I always let our guests really start wherever they want to start. We want to hear your entrepreneurial story and you know you can take us as far back as childhood or of recent days. Where do you want to start there Jerry?
1: well I I think it's important that people know that I came from humble beginnings very very meager lived in a trailer went to 10 different schools before I met my wife my junior year in high school mm-hmm. moved to all over the country and, I developed a lot of insecurities. There was a couple of years where I was bullied and beat up, and it was just a real challenge for me. But the humble beginnings—I—I uh, I didn't like being broke. Uh, we were that family that people brought food by and left it at your front door, or didn't know when the water or electric was going to be off. We got home, but right. I figured I had to find a solution for it. So, at 14 years old, I bought a truck and paid somebody to drive it for me, and I started a landscape business and. Fast forward to 1979, my dad and I started a carpentry business together, and wait for it, but our annual income average for the first 20 years, $17,000 a year. Wow. I I still don't know how we made it, Annette, but what was interesting, this year we celebrate our 44th anniversary in (sighs) business. We peaked a couple of years ago at $170 million worth of work in progress. And the homes that we build are for the top of the financial food chain. They're, I used to want, it'd be nice to have a house on an acre lot. Well, we build homes that are bigger than an acre, like wow. 2,000 square foot and above. Wow. And we basically trademark personal resorts and that's what we build. it's amazing
0: it's It's amazing uh, and I love how you know you now have your niche but in the beginning what did it look like were you saying yes to everything in the construction space did you ever do commercial or were you residential right from the start
1: we did residential and commercial and I was not very discerning when it came to getting clients if you had a pulse I wanted to do work for you right
0: which is what we tend to do we say yes to everybody in the beginning right
1: exactly Exactly, but it
0: leads you down that path of really knowing what you love and the clients that you that you really love helping. So tell us about that because we have a lot of entrepreneurs in the business and and you know that are just kind of seeking through that or have gotten through that and really have that aha moment, right?
1: Yeah, I I think what's interesting and I appreciate you as a host. You did a great job prepping this for me today. I think what it is for me is I had to learn to have the confidence to say no, Mm. because if I didn't say no, I wouldn't be able to say yes for the best yes. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of courage and it was painful to turn down work because we all want to be busy, want to be profitable. Well, I didn't get the profitable thing real well. Uh, It was an injury that caused me to go from a carpentry business to a general contractor. It was probably the worst time of my life and the best thing that ever happened to me. But Mm. I think what it is, is I would encourage your listeners not to settle, don't settle for bad customers, don't settle for people on your team that aren't performing, don't settle for bad relationships, but to lean in and hope, remain focused on getting the absolute best outcome. Because what I've learned, especially in the last 25 years is whatever I accept today is the standard for tomorrow. And that Mm -hmm. applies to quality of work, our process as a business and relationships as well.
0: Mm, all of that is so good. I love everything you just said. Don't accept today for the standards tomorrow. Say that one more time.
1: If you what you accept today will be tomorrow's standards.
0: Okay. Yes. What you accept today will be tomorrow's standards. It's really good. So, 25 years. Okay. Lots of different economies, and I hope I'm not throwing you a curveball here, but like, you know. I, I always say there's always going to be a market. There's always going to be some sort of market, right? A good market, a bad market, different industries will have different markets in general. So talk to us about, as people are thinking about what the economy will do in the near you know, future, talk to us about some experience there going through different types of market and leading a business through that.
1: Uh, well, I guess I, I deserve that one because I told you nothing was off limits. Today. I, I
0: know. And I, I you just probably give you like flashbacks from 2008,
1: right? <laughs> oh, exactly what I was going to. 2008 um, was followed, obviously, by 9-11 and that crisis. Um, right. We are able to work through that. But I will say this. Don't blame the economy. Don't blame the president of the United States. We have managed to be profitable in every administration through every season. but right. It's not the strong that survive, it's the adaptable. Mm-hmm. In 2008, we lost $28 million worth of work in 45 days. Mm. Basically, we had nothing. Mm. And it was a time for me as a leader to step up and what I say, be a broker of hope. And I effectively set our team around a very large table in a very packed room and said, we're not going to participate in this economy uh, in the recession. We -hmm. are going to go through it. And I said, my wife and I, Carol, who's very involved in the business as well, Mm -hmm. we're not going to take a salary until things turn around. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was committing to, how long that was. But what it is, we did everything differently. We had to figure out what we could start doing. But more importantly, what do we have to stop doing? And so we're, we're known as a luxury home builder around the country. Right. And the only thing we could get our hands on, there was a tax credit at the time. Houses were for sale everywhere. Old houses as well in Paradise Valley, which is a luxury area of our community. Mm-hmm. So we figured, why aren't these properties selling? So I went to all the realtors. They said, people can't see what it looks like with the old house here. So mm-hmm. we, I basically became demolition man. Instead yeah. of creating amazing things, We got these homes appraised for the client. We we salvaged all the material, scraped the lots, and they sold quicker. And the seller got a tax deduction for it. But it allowed me to keep my team busy. And that was the most important objective at the time.
0: Great, great. What a great pivot. And then as you came out of that, did you pivot again?
1: We did. Because I didn't lay anybody off, Mm -hmm. effectively, we were the first ones to become busy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to get a new team what we do is complex. And effectively, that was, the, that was the point in time where I saw what a great reaction our team had to me stepping up and saying, hey, I'm not going to get paid, but you guys, we're going to take care of you. And that's where we started with a slogan, uh, people before profits. Mm-hmm. And we started investing heavily into our team. And that is the best investment I think anybody can do to grow a business. And that's to invest in your people. And we've got a whole program on what we do for our team. And by the way, it changes based on the needs of the team. Right. We don't have a one-size-fits-all.
0: Right, right. And what's going on in their worlds and what they need, right, for their families. Absolutely. So I want to talk about um, some of the things that you've done specifically for the team and the community along the way. What are some highlights there that kind of glare out?
1: Well, it was actually in 2009. We we had no work. I mean, I'm still doing demolition, but all of my friends and peers, architects, interior designers, were all, we had not, basically, there's a lot of talent sitting on the sidelines. And in our industry, 60% of the architects quit doing business. Wow. So we were invited to the opening with a client of the Phoenix Children's Hospital. And it was a Christmas event. And they had 20 designers decorate Christmas trees Mm. For auction and fundraiser. Right, right. And it was interesting when I left there. I'm not a I don't consider myself a creative person, but I'm creative when it comes to execution. Yes. In terms of the new ideas, I'm I that's not my talent and I stay away from it, frankly. When I left then, I said, Carol, I said, what if we were to go to the Phoenix Dream Center and ask for 10 rooms that we could convert for victims of human trafficking? Mm. And that followed. The year before where we completed a commercial kitchen uh-huh. um that we that's a very long story we don't have time today for it, uh-huh. and we can circle back if you like but we completed that kitchen and it's right when the economy tanked uh-huh. and we were it was a four hundred thousand dollar commitment on our part yeah. and we had no work and I took out a long to finish it because mm-hmm. my word was more important than letting those right. people down. Mm-hmm. Well, as of 2020, over six million meals have been served in that wow. in that kitchen. And oh. the best thing for me, 960 girls have been rescued from human trafficking. Oh
0: my gosh. And Chills. what I never,
1: and that what I never thought would happen, 185 babies born.
0: Oh my goodness. Wow. We brought the,
1: we brought the community together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it was. And people had never been asked to contribute anything. Mm -hmm. So we basically in 70 days took 10 rooms, 10 designers, 30 of our trade partners, 300 companies and 700 volunteers. And we crushed it.
0: It's amazing.
1: It almost killed us. (laughs) I bet. I
0: bet. But you were that conduit. You know, you were the curator there. You you know, people want to give. But th- sometimes they just don't know how, right? Or they want to contribute their talents, and sometimes they just don't know how. That's amazing that you facilitated that.
1: Uh, it, was, it was the most work with the rescue project grant opening. My wife and I, into and this date, it's the most rewarding thing we've ever done. <sighs> and what we like about that is both of these ventures, although significant financially, every day good things are happening there. Right. If I'm having a bad day. I know people are eating or somebody's being rescued off the street, and right. that's important. And right. for me, but I want to encourage your listeners as well. Don't wait for a kitchen. If you can help one person, one small act of kindness, mm-hmm. when we started out, it was like feeding the hungry and mm-hmm. we weren't building the kitchen. But I think what it does, I think for me, generosity is what keeps me from becoming greedy. Mm-hmm. It helps others succeed. And I think mm-hmm. we need to do that with our people as well and build mm-hmm. our teams.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So, so let's talk about you as a leader. Okay. And along the way, because we have, again, various listeners out there, various size businesses, a lot that do have that 25 year plus $100 million plus businesses out there. So how has, how has your day-to-day changed? And when did you know it was time to change in your business along the way?
1: Wow. Good question, I um, know. <laughs> I'm
0: going off script. Uh, I hope you don't like No, oh,
1: no, that's great. I love it. I like spontaneity much better. I think what it is for me, I think every entrepreneur should be finding their replacement the day they start. You need to work yourself out of a job. And one of the most important things we've done, And I have to tell you, I love my team. And I'm 100% believer in nobody does anything great alone. But it was leadership. It was turning into storms, not running from them. 9-11, 2008, 2015, COVID, as a leader, you have to be a broker of hope, because from my perspective, during crisis, the strong get stronger, and the weak get weaker, uh-huh. and those times don't make you, they reveal you, uh-huh. and I did, I was really proud of myself, I didn't have a meltdown in front of anybody, I was always positive, but you know, I go home, and you know, have my comfort food, and I'm I'm still working on losing the COVID-19, if right, you know what I mean, right. so, <laughs> But no, as a leader, I think what it is, our focus should be on building our team up. That is our greatest investment. When you invest in people, they're gonna, they're gonna give you back tenfold of what you put into them in terms of your time, your resources, right. your encouragement, your gratitude. We we rock it when it comes to taking care of our people. And I think that's why we've been able to grow such an enduring business. But the leadership first starts with me. Uh-huh. The highest priority of any leader is leading yourself. And I have to tell you, I've been present at every good decision and every bad decision I've made, every time when I was prepared, when I wasn't prepared. But I think as leaders, we have to develop habits that make us better, that people want to be with us so we attract better clients and better people
0: hmm So good. You are just dropping so many great truth bombs right now. I mean, I just, I, I'm going to go back and take all these notes because I just love um, a lot of the things that you're saying. They're, they're, they're striking me for sure. So let's talk about the company right now. Okay. So are you at a point where it's in growth mode? It's in, um, I'd say a mode where it's stable and plateauing. Are you, what are you, what are you looking at these days on the horizon as you're evolving?
1: Well, there's several questions there. I'll, I'll unpack the best as I can remember for you. Um, we have been very blessed that we've never had to really need work. We've had the ability by, like, by focusing and staying in our lane. People know what we do, know what we're about, um, we are client-centric. We focus on what our clients need, but we also build the team and help them succeed as well. Our biggest challenge right now isn't getting work, it's the execution. Yes, As you know, there's a skilled labor shortage. It's the number one challenge of every business leader. But I don't know that everybody realizes the great resignation started in 2009. It has been 10% a year growth consistently getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. and Instead of running from that, I believe it's it's our greatest opportunity. We need to develop uh-huh. a company where people want to be with us. Uh-huh. And we want to, we attract the best talent. Uh-huh. And we've never laid anybody off. Uh-huh. And I think it, uh-huh. it helps. But the challenge right now, big thing, supply chain. Uh-huh. We had supply chain issues before they were issues. Now it's even worse. And uh-huh. we we've, we've got protocols in place that I believe are helping us, but we're not immune from it. Mm,
0: mm, mm. And it's so interesting to see how that just ripples through everything, right? It, it it's just you know, I mean, you and I live and breathe it, and it's just crazy. Not only from the construction side, but from the palette side on mine. You know what we're seeing these manufacturers go through. Um, behind the scenes, it's just, it is unreal. It is unreal. And everyone is trying to work as hard as they can with all of the resources that they have, which are so depleted compared to what they were, um, especially from a human capital standpoint,
1: right? 100%. I think, too, what I would encourage the listeners to do is step back and get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I think so many times we're participating in what's going on around us and the distraction that we lose our opportunity to focus. Mm-hmm. And so many times for us, well, we're growing and we have been growing consistently. And yeah, it's not a straight line. There's ups and downs to it. Right. But overall, um, we've been on a positive trajectory. Right. But in terms of focusing, we've also gone through a great transition team. Our oldest son, Jeremy, um, is now the president of the company. And that's allowed me to do more of the strategic things as CEO, Right, and uh, I tell people I have chosen him even if he wasn't my son because oh, he got his mo- he got his mother's brains and his mother's looks. So. Oh,
0: that's so nice of you to say. I love that. I love that. I hope my boys one day, you know, uh, feel the same way and and step into that whatever whatever they want to be, you know. But but it'd be yeah. great to see them step into that. So congratulations on you. That's a huge success.
1: Oh, thank you. Let's
0: talk about the concierge um, and then I won't keep you too long. We'll wrap it up. But talk to me about the concierge business and how that started and spun off, because it's so great that you're diversifying, you know, that revenue, a a new division of the business. We talk a lot about that.
1: Yeah, Well, I think what the concierge was actually because of a client. We built this amazing house for him and he's telling me that, Jerry, my house in California has got this service and this and this. And I said, sir, why would I want to charge you? We've done this multi-million dollar home. Let me take care of it. Well, one became 10, became 30, became 60, became 80 homes. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is costing me money, like a lot of money. And then one of my mentors said, you need everybody in this room needs to have a business that has membership. Monthly membership, just like your yes. software programs, everything. I'm like, that was a head scratcher for me. Yes. Until we developed the concierge. Yes. We have five levels of membership, and it's a proactive maintenance program for our clients. Because, frankly, the size and scope of these homes we build people don't know how to operate things. You got a 40 or 60 ton chiller on a house. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, go change the filters and don't look at it for two years. But the the electronics, the systems, it has been really great. And I'll tell you, during COVID, it was really helpful. Um, It was a challenge, but we were able to help our clients for whatever they needed through it. And the challenge was, we'd rather you not come inside the house. So we focused on the outside. We came up with what we could do and didn't focus on what we can't do.
0: Great. I yeah. love all of that. There's a great book that I want to recommend to you, um, if that's okay. It's called The Automatic Customer by John Warillo. Have you read it? I have not. But it speaks uh, exactly to all of that. Uh, he also wrote Build to Scale. A very quick, easy read. But it talks about you know all the different types of membership models, subscription models, And talks about the, um, you know, like all of those different types of things out there. So I love that, that you are there with your business. It's so important.
1: Yeah, it really is. I think what it is too, and I mentioned investing in our people. I want to just touch on that one more time for the listeners, because we have so many programs we've started over the years and we just, we love on our people. Uh, we have an annual retreat that we bring them and their families for three days up into the cool country in Arizona. But it's little things. We do a survey. We find out their favorite restaurant, what they like to do for fun, and if somebody does something unexpectedly, they get a gift certificate to that restaurant or to that event that they like to do. And we've taken. We have a, a an education plan for people's getting either bachelor, master's degrees level things, but also. We've got blanket subscriptions. We have Managing Your Money with Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. If there's a need that's effective that helped them become a better person, yeah. they become a better, a better team member. And that's what's important for us.
0: Absolutely. And I, I just, that's, that's I, I am right there with you. I couldn't agree more. That's oh, fabulous. Is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you wanted to go through?
1: Um, oh gosh, we could talk for hours. I uh, know, I really talk me talk you for questions, hours. But I won't. I think the biggest thing is, is that our legacy is going to rise and fall on in our integrity. And through these different crises, I've always, one of the things I do, a couple things, I reflect back on what tough times have I made it through and how did I get through them? And I also, I ask myself how I want to be remembered. Do I want to be remembered of an example of what to do? or a story of what not to do. And that keeps me centered in terms of positive outcomes because so many times we get in the moment that we don't stop and think and change our perspective. And I think that's important that, you know, don't get lost in distraction. Stay focused, keep the goal the goal. And every meeting in our company, what business are we in? We're in the construction business. Uh We're not in the PR business. We're not in the advertising. We're not in marketing. We're in the construction business and that keeps us focused and centered.
0: Mm, Wow, this has been so good. Last question here. What's your personal mantra or your personal kind of statement that that brings you back when you're having those moments?
1: Stay on mission, love people.
0: Love it, love it. I love it all. Where can we find you, support you, Jerry? How can we help Um, you? How can this audience help you?
1: Oh, thank you for asking, Annette. Uh, You can find pretty much everything about me at jerryrmeek.com. And that's the same handle for Instagram and so forth if you do that. But one thing I'd like to offer your listeners, Annette, that is come up with a 21-day challenge. And you can get that by texting CHALLENGE mm-hmm. to 55444. Okay. That's CHALLENGE to 55444. It just is a real brief. The first five days, number one, it's FOCUS how do you determine your priority? Number two, what should you stop doing? Number three, we talk about legacy. Mm -hmm. Number fourth day is foundation. We need to build on a strong foundation, repair the cracks in our foundation and bury the past. And then honestly, the barrier of challenge of number five is what are you building with your life right now? Mm -hmm. Everything we did today is a foundation for a successful tomorrow. Mm -hmm. so good
0: so good and make sure you you send all that so we can drop that in the show notes to support our listeners and to support you thank you for being so generous with your time and your resources and your story best of luck to you I can't wait to see how things go over the next few years for you and your family
1: oh thank you so much it was an honor Annette
0: wow what an episode did you learn something new I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.